to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Welcome to another episode of EST, the Established Church Podcast. It is for established church leaders by established church leaders. I'm Micah Fries here with my buddy Sam Rayner. Josh King is gallivanting across the country. I don't know what he's doing today. He just told us he wasn't able to record during this time frame. So we'll we'll mock him and have some fun while he's talking. I, I, I love the mental image of Josh gallivanting. Galloping around somewhere on a big horse. <laughs> you know, when, when you say gallivant, it does, it, there's galloping is kind of built into that, even though I know those two are two very different words, but they sound kind of the same. Yeah. So he's a galloping gallivant. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> I can I'm, just I, see Josh. <laughs> and I'm he's a total dork right now for saying that, but I don't After care. After he listens to this, he's going to hate us. But yeah, so anyway, it's you and me, Sam. We're going to have a good, good conversation today. But before we do that, we want to talk, talk about our friends and partners at Church Initiative and how they are helping serve pastors and churches around the country. Yeah, Church Initiative is the they are the creators of grief share divorce care. I want to just take a minute, um, thank our sponsors. They are great, great sponsors. These two programs are incredible programs. They make it simple. They make it easy uh, for churches to offer grief ministry, divorce recovery ministry. All you need is just one volunteer. So you can connect one lay leader to the Church Initiative team. They take it from there. You're freed up to do ministry, um, and they 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 take it. And they run with it. It is a great, great program. Uh, their coaches offer a ministry launch plan that's customized for your church. They provide step-by-step support. Um, they get your lay leader building a ministry team. These coaches are always available. And the coaching is free. That's how this company is different. I love Church Initiative because a lot of times you just buy a kit or a course and you're on your own. But not with them. They love pastors, and they have made it possible for you to expand your ministry and your care uh, by not adding more commitment to your calendar. And it's a great program. You can get their quick start guide um, at divorcecare.org slash start slash EST or griefshare.org slash start slash EST. Check out those two links and uh, give them a look. They're great. They are fantastic partners, and we're thankful to be able to partner together with them. And we have we have um, confidence in what they're offering to pastors and churches, which makes it really easy on our part to encourage you to go grab um, divorce care, grief share, and utilize it in your church. We're utilizing it at our church, and it's been a blessing to us. So, Sam, talk to us a little bit. What are we going to talk about today? This is a fun topic. I don't know, I don't know about that, but I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm a so re- tired. Reverse humor. Yeah, I'm tired too. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what it's like to serve when you're tired. And the truth of the matter is we're often tired. I told you, Sam, when we recorded this, I'm leaving tomorrow morning for vacation. And this is an indictment against me as a bad leader, I guess, in, in many ways. But we've never, 20 years of marriage, we've never taken a week-long family vacation in the summer. We've never done that before. And so this is our first time to do that. And we're heading to the beach. Not close to you, unfortunately. We're going to be a lot farther north. Actually, I didn't tell you this when um, before we were recording. I am going to be close to you because oh, I'm going you're on going to be vacation. Up at your place, the, the place where you usually I'm go? I'm going to be in the panhandle uh, yes. after, the, after the weekend. I'm going to get nice. through the weekend. Yeah. And then I'll be up in the Apalachicola area. We will be hanging out in the Redneck Riviera. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, man, here's the thing. The Emerald Coast. It, it's, it's great. I love the Panhandle of Florida for our listeners who are, are from there. It's one of my favorite places to go. Uh, it is a, a very different part of Florida than the part that I live in, though. You, um, live, in northern, you live in southern New York. I do. And, you live in southern New York. And it's, it's good. It's good. Um, the beaches there are very different. Um, it's a lot slower pace. It's great yeah. for vacation. So it's so, where, I mean, it's where I grew up. I love going back there because it's, you know, it's home for me. It, it, it is. It is. And I feel like I am uh, like the Chamber of Commerce right now. Um, <laughs> talking <laughs> so if you're about tired, it. here's our whole podcast for you today. <laughs> Go to the beaches of North Florida and rest because that's what Sam and I are both going to do this coming week. You know, the Visitors Bureau didn't give us any, any money for this, so I don't None even know. At if all. They should free, do that. Free but advertising for Florida. The truth of the matter is, if you're going to lead an established church, you are regularly going to be tired. Yeah. It's just a reality. Yeah. And here's the thing. You're going to experience those seasons. They're going to come fairly often throughout the year. Um, you know, you're going to have weeks that are hard. And then the following week, you're just going to be worn out. Uh, that's all very common. Uh, what you want to avoid is it's one thing if it's spotty. It's another thing if it's consistent. And when it gets consistent is when you really need to be concerned, where you are just consistently tired week after week, month after month. Um, that means something's wrong. Um, but I think, frankly, a lot of us are tired. We've done digital and in person. We've opened, we've closed, you know, you know how, how many people are going to show up? And we're all experiencing these questions right now. And it's just, it kind of wears on you. And yeah, I, I would imagine a lot of pastors are tired right now. I mean, so for me, Sam, it's a combination of um, physical exhaustion. I mean, I've worked more hours over the last three months than would typically be true. We've worked a lot of hours um, physically at our church. But I think the bigger issue is just the mental and emotional toll. Um, you know, the decisions that we've had to make, do we meet? Do we not meet? When we do meet, how do we meet? What does the gathering look like? I mean, we've put in pre precautions in place and we're trying to listen to the government. By the way, if you hear noise in the background, which I have a feeling you probably do, that's an established church reality. We're doing a little renovation right now and uh, it's still, it's still ongoing in the background, but, but seriously, those mental and emotional questions that we've been working with. And then of course there is the enhanced, um, just lack of mental health among our congregation. And we're having to meet with people, maybe even having to meet with them virtually, digitally, help them, pastor them, care for them. And we're carrying a lot of, a lot of, uh, increased burdens and uh, and I think we're going to have to, to grapple with that. If you don't get some rest in this season, you're, you're not going to do well. You're not going to be able to help your congregation. Yeah, I would encourage all pastors, don't skip your vacation this year. This is not the year. And I understand there's pressure. Uh, volunteers are thin. Who do you have to preach or, you know, fill your role? I, I get all that. But do your very best to take your vacation this year. Um, not the year to skip it. So, uh, and part of being tired and leading is you don't really have the luxury of going around telling everyone, <laughs> no. I'm tired, yeah, I'm worn can't. out. You know, you can't take the oh, woe is me perspective when you're leading. You're the leader. And, and <laughs> sometimes that compounds the problem mm. is you can't really – express right. publicly how tired you are. 
you have as um, I would say there's actually a couple points here, Sam, that are that are really helpful that you've just hit on. Number one, don't skip your vacation. If you can't take a week or or whatever, uh, my wife and I've been I've been really bad about taking my whole family and getting away for a little while. All you know for the 20 years we've been married. But one thing Tracy and I have done fairly well is that we have um, regularly once or twice a year gotten away for two or three days. Just get away, the two of us if possible, uh, sometimes with our kids and uh, just hit the pause button. And I'll tell you, for the first time in my adult life, when I leave tomorrow, I'm not taking a computer. I'm not taking an iPad. I will have my phone, but all of our staff knows if they need me, they need to um, contact my assistant or one of the lead team, you know, the other lead team members. And I'm just not, I don't want to even be available to meet, if that makes sense. I don't want to be available to be able to do any of those things because I are just- you, Are you going to get back on the Twitters? No, I'm not planning to get back on the Twitters. <laughs> I am not, I'm not interested in getting back on the Twitters. <laughs> it is, it, every once in a while, the siren songs, this sucks me in, you know, and I remember, no, if I jump into that, I'm going to crash on the rocks. That's what happens, you know, and uh, it's just not good for my soul. So I, I just- I'm not even going to allow myself to be available. I'm taking, I'm not taking any books for church or school. You know, I'm still trying to finish a PhD. I'm not taking them with me. I'm taking a biography that I'm reading. I'm reading Steve Jobs biography right now. I'm taking that. That's enjoyable okay. reading. That's it. I mean, I'm, I'm going to force myself and it's very unnatural for me, Sam, to relax. I don't relax very well. I'm very I'm poor at it, which is an indictment, but I'm going to force myself into that posture. You know, I would say of all three of us, Josh included, who, you know, he's out gallivanting right now, but yeah, I'd say working. we're all fairly high strung. Is that, very is that high strung? I, I'd say all three aggressive. of us. We're very aggressive. Yeah. There's a level of ambition, um, a level right. of get it done. Um, Hopefully God honoring ambition, but definitely ambition. Yeah, no, I, I mean that well. And, and I think that a lot of our listeners would be, the reason I'm bringing this up is I think a lot of our listeners would be in these categories. So I just want everyone to have a realistic picture of who we are. Um, I am naturally intense, um, <laughs> forceful on my bad days, but uh, naturally intense. Uh, I, I'm a, a bit of a goofball too, but um, high energy, uh, you know, I don't need much caffeine, even though I drink it. Uh, just I don't to, drink any caffeine. <laughs> so, I stay pretty tight. Um, and, and I think that, that a lot of our listeners are there. I mean, if you're laid back, hey, I wish I, wish I was more like you. Here's the thing about getting tired. Um, you have to take that regular pattern of rest that God designed. Um, yeah. So that's part of it. And the other part of it is take your vacation. Um, you know, you need to force yourself to take these days because there will be times when you can't. But right. those need to yeah. be rare not the norm. You don't need to be canceling your weekend or whatever day you take as your Sabbath all the time. That's a dangerous place to be. Well, and one of the things that the, the second piece that I wanted to say to that, Sam, we, we need to take our vacation for sure. But we also really need uh, people who we feel like we are safe that we can de you know that we can dump on right now that we can decompress around. We need somebody to help us sort of carry the weight of what we have, and our our spouses should be part of that. But we also have to be careful not to dump too much on our spouses. We just need some friends. Who do you have that you can text or you can call, you can yell at? You know what what is it that you need, um, and you can kind of communicate that to them. 
Yeah. I've actually learned, and I don't know, every marriage is different. Let me just tell you about mine. Um, I've actually learned that my wife is not the best person to do that with. Yeah. Um, when I started early in my ministry, we didn't have kids. I was 20, look at this, I was 26 at my first full-time church. I was bivocational for a while in my 20s, but I was, no, I was 27 and she was about to turn 22. Mm. Um, when we went to our, and I remember, I remember getting, uh, people asking how they knew I was young. Like, how old is your wife? And I remember telling them she's 21. Like our pastor's wife is 21 years old, like blew their minds. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So at that stage in my marriage, I pretty much told Aaron everything. Yeah. I just, that was just where we were. We didn't have kids. I would tell her everything as more kids came into the mix. We have four now I'm 40. Um, she's still a lot younger than me. Um, you know, uh, I have found that while she can take it and it's fine, like she, she's willing to listen. She's a very strong woman. It's just not best. I need somebody else to like do that to. Um, I can't just vomit on my wife and there's a quote for Twitter right there. Um, I just, I just can't, it's not fair to her. She's got her own stresses and her own things going on in her her own life. And I don't need to bring all of the church stresses on her. I need to tell her some things, but not everything. And so I've, I've got some people in my life that I've learned to, to do that with, as opposed to her. And again, not, not every wife is like mine, but it has worked out wondrously for my marriage. So instead of telling her 90, hundred percent of everything, I tell her about 10% of stuff now. And that has really helped. Um, It's helped a lot, actually. Well, and to be honest with you, I'm exactly where you are, Sam. My wife is my best confidant, the best listener, uh, my closest friend, and I love spending time with her and talking with her. Uh, And I will share anything with her. There's nothing I won't share with her. But I often don't bring a lot of the baggage from church home. And we even had this conversation literally this morning. I just... You know, um, there's there's stuff, you know, there's um, like a convention life. You and I were talking about that, this family of churches that we belong to. I don't talk about that at home with her. Um, we talk about the Bible. We talk about the Lord. We talk about the word. I don't get into theological, intense theological conversations. And some folks do with their spouses. And that's awesome. Um, I got lots of folks at church that want to have those conversations. When I go home, I just want to rest and be with my friend. I want to. You know, I want to, and I don't want to burden her with some of the behind the scenes stuff at the church, which can sometimes be less than fun, you know, and I want her, uh, one of the things that it's hard for me sometimes to always love everybody well, because of stuff that happens, I want her to be able to love everybody well. And if I dump a lot of the raw sewage of, you know, church life, it can make it more difficult for her. And so while I will share anything, if she ever asks me, I'm quick to, to share anything and everything that's going on. I don't often, and she knows this, we've had this conversation. She'd prefer it that way too. So I, 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 you know, I have, I have a group of friends that I dump that sort of stuff on. Yeah. I can just only imagine if I, if I came home one day and, you know, Aaron greeted me, the kids greeted me. I said, all right, family, let's sit down. I want to have an intense theological discussion. They'd all look at me. Don't look at me like. Let's talk about Trinitarian theology today. No, I'm actually <laughs> preaching on the Trinity this week, so there we go. I love Trinitarian yeah. theology, and I answer questions from my kids about the Trinity. We talk about it, but I don't. 
I, yeah, I'm not going to come home and just say, hey, let's have this long conversation. I realize there are families who may do that, and that's fantastic. Oh, no knock against anybody that does that. I mean, that's no. your family. That's so the way that's you handle things. Family functions. I'm just telling you how we work, and it has been a huge blessing that I've flip-flopped, you know, what I communicate to my wife about the church. And it helps wow. her be a better pastor's wife, too, because that way she doesn't like, she doesn't have these preconceived notions about people because. That's no, right. When I've, and I've learned not to speculate about people. I mean, you know, you, right. you go with the facts. And if I go home and I speculate about people with my wife, then she's got her own, you know, Judging bent in her, in her mind and she doesn't minister as well to them. Yeah, so, right. you know, I think there's a lot of benefit. It's not the only way to handle things, of course. But let's, let's change gears a little bit. All right. So, you're tired. Yeah. Um, I'm tired. Hmm. And maybe some of our listeners are tired. Yeah. How do you lead when you're tired without coming across as like Eeyore because yeah, Eeyore so is not a good leader. I would say there, there are some practical things that I do. Uh, for one, I am tired often, but I am a, an optimist and I'm an extrovert. So it's not like when I'm, and I think you are too, to, to some degree. I mean, you're definitely an extrovert. Uh, you no, like I'm an optimist, people, but I, yeah, but here's my point. Like, um, so my propensity is to be happy when people are around and to still be energetic, even when I'm tired. So I'll acknowledge that. And I know that some of you are not like that. So I'm not trying to force everybody into that same form, but I will say a couple things that I've done that are helpful. One is leading uh, from a, from community uh, leading out of community. So, you know, we have a pastoral lead team at Brainerd in the past. I've served at a church where we had a, a group of elders. Um, I would say if you are in isolation as a leader, it's going to make it more difficult because there's very little help to, to sort of shoulder it uh, with you. And that, that, by the way, that help doesn't have to be a bunch of other paid pastors. It can be two or three key leaders who, even if you have not formally established some, you know, voted on leadership model, if you have two or three other people who are regularly your filters through which you're filtering decisions through to help carry the weight and who can say to you, Hey, I don't know that you're well right now. You know, I don't know that now is the time for you to make that decision, or I think you need to kind of consider. It just helps me to lead from a position of community. Uh, it, 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 it limits the isolation. It gives me people to help carry burdens with, and it helps me to have someone hold me in check when, when I'm not well. Uh, and then I think another thing, and this is a completely different topic, but uh, as they hammer the concrete in the background, sorry, Sam, sorry <laughs> to y'all who are listening. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I'm getting uh, a kick out of it. But uh, the other thing for me that has been really helpful is I have my sermons done. Historically, I've had my sermons done by Thursday night. Uh, now, be, the way we do our recording, we record our sermons on Thursday morning. So I have to have my sermons done on Wednesday night. When I finish my sermon, I shut the file down and I do not look at it again until Sunday morning. So for me now, I get my sermon done by Wednesday night. I don't look at it on Thursday. I don't look at it on Friday. I don't look at it on Saturday. How do you remember what you're going to preach? <laughs> well, I mean, I've spent a lot of time focused on it through Wednesday. And then I pull. So much can happen in those last three days, though. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. But I, for me, the issue is if I don't, I will be constantly consumed thinking about it. Like I have to practice the discipline of knowing, okay, I've trusted the Lord. I've done my research. I've studied it. The notes are right. They're what they should be. I'm going to put it to bed and I'm not, and I just don't, I mean, when I put my sermon to bed, whether it's Wednesday night or Thursday night, I do not look at it again until Sunday morning. I get up, I get my notes out. I look over it. So I'm comfortable with it. And then I preach. Yeah. And, and to your point, I, I kind of do the same thing. I poke a little fun at you. I actually get my sermons done on Monday because we record the digital service on Tuesday. 
Yeah. So I have to have, it, have done. to have it done on Monday. Yeah. And, and it has been a great discipline because you know, you, you have to preach it at some point. Right. And some, some of our listeners may be tinkerers on their sermon. Like they're just constantly trying to perfect it. Well, at some point you just got to get up and you got to preach it. And for me, that deadline is Monday yes. um, for Tuesday. And it has been glorious because what that does is, you know, throughout the rest of the week, you're the stresses will come, but I don't have the additional stress of the sermon. Which so getting your sermon done first. early when you're tired, yes. when you're tired, a huge way to help yourself is to get your sermon done early. If not, a, I, it's tough for me to do a week ahead because then I start mixing up sermons in my, in my head. Yeah. I'm just not yeah. that bright. Um, I can only do one thing at a time, but getting it done early in the week, if not a week or two in advance, if you're capable of doing that, can be a huge benefit to you. It takes a lot of stress off of you. What we do is, of course, um, we've talked about this before. We do sermon prep in community. And so we have a sermon prep team meeting on Monday afternoons and we're right now two or three weeks out. And so we'll form the title, the main point of the text and the outline on a Monday. And then we put it to bed until we get to the week of the sermon. And then the week of the sermon is when we're actually filling in the content of the sermon. And so that allows us to be a few weeks ahead so that, you know, for us, people who may need it, if we're writing life group curriculum or if we, our communications team is doing graphics or any of those sort of thing, we've got a few weeks out. And our goal is uh, we're, in, we're working on a plan right now to be to, uh, once a month to do two sermons in one week. So that should allow us over the course of a year to get 12 more weeks out. Our goal is a year from now to be another 12 weeks ahead in our outline. Now that's not the full sermon prep, but we're trying to do outline, but just a little bit of discipline in that regard, I think can really help alleviate a lot of stress because there is this, imp I mean, everybody talks about Sunday comes once a week. And I mean, that pressure is constantly sitting on your shoulders and the more you can accelerate that sermon prep and get it done, the better it's going to help you in terms of, you know, the tiredness. The other thing that I would recommend is just a real practical, tactical sort of thing. When you're really, really tired and you've got a bunch of emails, go ahead and answer them, but save them as a draft. Yeah, and then wait, that's a good idea. Wait to send them to maybe the following morning, you know, to, to proof them, uh, to decide, do I really want to send this email? Uh, the other thing I would say is be very strategic about your meetings, particularly with higher maintenance people or people who may... Uh, know how to agitate you or maybe the purpose of the meeting is to agitate you as a pastor. Um, schedule that meeting a, a day or two further down the road. Don't ignore the problem, but schedule a little further down the road so that, um, so that you can uh, address it with rest is what I would say. And I tell you what, guys, it's all, I'm all by myself now. Uh, so, uh, this is the first time that this has ever happened. Josh has not been able to join us, and uh, unfortunately. And um, Micah just froze up. I guess all that banging in his office, uh, someone cut a, a, a line, um, maybe his, uh, his uh, internet line. I don't know. But since it's all me, I, t I will take this opportunity to be positive. Thank Micah. Thank Josh. They are good friends. They are um, people that I go to when I'm stressed out and tired. And certainly you, you all could, uh, you know, rely on your friends. I rely on mine. And with that, uh, let me just say, I know, uh, I know many of you are tired. Um, and likely, even if you get out of this season where you're not so tired, you'll have another season 
where you're tired. Um, just, you know, we've talked about rest. We've talked about some practical things. Just do not forget about relying on the power of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Uh, be doing your daily devotionals. Uh, do not uh, neglect your time uh, with God and rely a lot on prayer and just ask God. You can ask God for wisdom. You can ask God to pull you out of some weariness and uh, perhaps through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he will lead you um, to a place where you can know how to, um, how to, how, how to be not so weary because it will happen in ministry. And so listeners, I want to thank you for being a part of the EST.Church community. Uh, we are uh, established church leaders for established church leaders. This is the podcast for you. Those of you who are leading and pastoring established churches, I want to thank you for listening. Peace out. We'll see you next time. Hey, this is Tom Rayner. I want you to know about a ministry I've been hearing great things about for years. It's a lay-led support ministry called Grief Share. Grief Share helps you care for the bereaved, those who are experiencing the loss of a loved one in your congregation. It's a powerful outreach program as well that draws people to your church. It's like a magnet. Grief Share is a ministry of church initiative. It's been around since 1996, so it's a proven ministry and has equipped more than 20,000 churches worldwide. Just ask other pastors about it or visit griefshare.org forward slash EST to learn what other pastors think about Griefshare and how easy it is to get this ministry started in your church. That's griefshare.org forward slash EST or in the show notes. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening.